Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Tuesday, September 19th, feeling cool and crisp. I do declare, once again, the fall season is officially upon us. Now, we are in Matthew chapter 10, and we're looking at the whole chapter this week. That's going to be our sermon text for this coming Sunday. It's a large text, but we're doing it this way because it really all goes together. And when you, um, if you don't look at it sort of as a collective whole, you're going to miss the nature of what Jesus is doing. So let, let's set the context here. We ended Romans 9, I'm sorry, Matthew 9, by, by Jesus' declaration. Uh, in fact, I'll read it, um, 937. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So that, that's, that's Jesus' prayer, that, the, that there are needs, there, are, there is a world full of hurt that needs care and love and the good news of Jesus. And so pray that God would send out harvesters, would send out laborers. Now, the question then becomes, well, who are those people? And how are they, what are they to do? And where are they to begin? And this is where chapter 10 fills in that, in that blank because Jesus says it starts here, disciples, okay, with you. And, and, and what Jesus here does in Matthew 10 is that he gives them a mission. He's actually sending them on a mission of two by two, we learn in the other gospels, to go and minister and serve and do the works of Jesus um, on as an extension of the of the ministry and the authority of Jesus. But not only is it that, but it's also a guidebook for the apostles to one day look back on and and hear in these words lessons for their ongoing ministry as apostles, even after Jesus has left. And so we want to we want to dig into that, and then we want to be asking reciprocally, what does this mean for us? Okay, so we talked yesterday about difference in apostle capital A, apostle little a. Um, they are the former, we are the latter. Um, but let's look at his first series of instructions that he gives them. This is Matthew uh, chapter ten five through fifteen. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without paying. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. In whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on that day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. So let's let's start first with, in its original context, as Jesus is sending the disciples out two by two, what they are tasked with doing is ministering to the people just as Jesus has been doing. 
But just as Jesus was in his earthly ministry, simply one person limited from a human perspective in his capacity to reach um, numbers of people, he commissions the disciples to minister and to act in his place. Um, he is multiplying ministry. And they are going to be doing the same sorts of things that Jesus did. And, of course, we know that in the ministry of the apostles, after Jesus has arisen, they do all of these sorts of things. So it has sort of a meaning for then, but also a meaning for later. Now, they do these things not because they're God, but because they've been given a special dispensation of the authority of Christ, that the miracles, the things that they are doing, healing the sick, are, are not meant to bring glory to them. They're meant to validate okay, their, their words, their preaching, their call for people to repent. And of course, that's the, it's modeled after the ministry of Jesus. Now, one thing that's interesting here is that he tells them, don't go to anybody but the house of Israel. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. And we may say, well, that sounds rather unloving. Why is Jesus doing that? And I think what Jesus is, is doing here is showing us the pattern of gospel ministry and God's plan of redemption. So even in the New Testament, we hear Paul say that salvation is first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And it doesn't mean that Gentiles are a second class of citizens, so to speak. What it means is that in God's redemptive plan, he ordained it that the gospel would not just be sort of buckshot scattered across the world, but it would begin with a people. It would, in fact, it would begin with a man named Abraham, and it would extend to his family and his children and ethnic group and expand from there in order to ultimately bless the whole world. However, in God's redemptive plan, it was to begin with the people of Israel. And so think about an army, a beachhead, a landing. You can't take all of Europe from the Nazis um, by buckshot. You have to establish a beachhead on the beaches of Normandy and then spread out from there. And, and that's the pattern. Um, that's also the pattern once Jesus ascends into heaven. Because what does he tell the disciples? You're going to be my disciples, my representatives in, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, right? So, so again, there is a focus that the gospel is going to go first to the Jews and by God's grace gather them up and then... Um, use that as a beachhead to reach the Gentiles, okay? Now, we know that most of the Jews rejected Jesus. The gospel still went to the Gentiles, and in God's providence, he's going to use the salvation of the Gentiles to bring the salvation of the Jews um, at a later time. But that's not the purpose of this passage, okay? But, but I think that's what's in view here. Now, Jesus also tells them that they are going to be making their living doing this. In other words, this is going to be their full-time vocation. Um, they are to go where people are going to financially support them, feed them, house them. Um, and if someone doesn't, or if someone is not receptive to the gospel, then they are to go on to another mission field, right? Um, where people are receptive to the gospel. And again, we do see that in the early church, right? 
we do see, for example, in the ministry of Paul, he would go to the Jews first in the synagogue, and he would sometimes get a lukewarm reception, other times a pretty violent reception, and then he would sort of shake off the dust of his robes and then go to the Gentiles and begin work there. And, and again, that is a pattern that we see throughout um, the scriptures. Now, the challenge here is to say, well, what does this have to do with us, Pastor Paul? This sounds like this is all about the apostles, capital A. What about us apostles, little a? Well, I think there's some lessons that we can draw from this, okay? And one is to recognize we are the Gentiles, right? We, we are the ones who were the beneficiaries of this gospel ministry. What does it mean to be apostolic in our own ministries? A lot of times when we think of being sent, we think of foreign missions. We think of sending people to Vietnam or Cambodia or Cameroon. And that is obviously completely valid. It, it's part of our call. It's part of our mission as a church to support those people and to support global missions. But the reality is that for most of us, mission is going to begin right here at home. It's going to begin in our families, our children, our marriages. It's going to be with our roommates, our friends, our coworkers, um, our next door neighbors, the people who live in our dorms. That's our Jerusalem. And before we start thinking um, reflexively about going here, there, or everywhere, which is valid, of course, we have to be saying, am I living in my current context in a way where I am on mission? Am I apostolic? Am I a messenger for Jesus? Okay. Am I sort of a silent witness? Or do I see myself as being on mission? In other words, ministry and mission are not just for the pastors and missionaries and full-time vocational workers. But do I see myself as part of the gospel mission, not having to go to Judea, not having to go to Samaria, not having to go to the ends of the earth? I can start in my Jerusalem right here. And I think that that's, that's an important principle that we can, we can gather from here. I think we can also gather from this that God is going to open and close certain doors of ministry for us and position us in places of influence, okay? Um, and sometimes the positions he says he places us in to be an influence is because he's shut the door in other places. And so all of us, as we read this text, have to say, okay, God, where have you given me favor? Where have you given me blessing? Where have you strategically situated me in the context of my life? What, what venues have you already naturally opened? And there may be some that have been closed, right? There, 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 there may be um, places where you haven't been given that standing, and God says, that's okay. Go to the places that you have, right? Take the op, walk through the doors that I've opened for you providentially. And so I think the first lesson that we can gather um, from Jesus's words is that we are all apostles. We are all on mission, apostles little a, on mission ambassadors for Christ, and that we don't have to look 10,000 miles away, although God calls some to go 10,000 miles away. For most of us, all of us, we need to begin by saying, 
what does it mean to operate right here, right now in my Jerusalem with the people that God has surrounded me? How do I be a faithful witness to them today? All right, that's lesson number one. Lesson number two tomorrow, and we're going to talk about conflict to gospel ministry. All right, let's pray. Lord, show us that we are the sent, that being sent is not for a special class of Christians, it's for all of us. And so, Father, we ask for your grace, your wisdom, your discernment to know what doors you have indeed opened to us. And Lord, let us have the courage to walk through them to minister and proclaim your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.